This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this episode of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Harriman and Pastor Ryan Bibb talk a bit more about this last Sunday's message in the Dangerous Prayer series. Pastor Ryan shared with us the importance of slowing down and listening for the voice of God. Now, here's Josh and Ryan. Well, good morning. It's Josh Herma here with another episode of Radiant Reflections Podcast of Radiant Life Church here once again with my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. Good morning. I try to like, I was listening to like one of the past episodes and I, I try to do like, I don't, I don't know that I try to do it, but I do like weird vocal inflections when I, when I use your full title. Huh. It's interesting. Hmm. I also listen. I have that effect on people. Like listening to like previous episodes too. Like I think I laugh too much in our podcast. Well, we are always are our own worst critic. That's right. But so there you go. Well, hey, <laughs> for those of you listening or watching, this is episode twenty-eight, and we are talking about episode four in our series, Dangerous Prayers. This is a series where we look at uh, ways that we should be praying to break away from what might be kind of the lame, safe, sterile prayers that a lot of us use. Uh, And the prayer that we talked about this week was the prayer, Lord, speak to me. And Ryan, I don't, I don't know, as, as, as I was looking at this, I was like, this doesn't even really seem like a dangerous prayer. Like, don't, don't you think people would love for God to speak to them? Why, how did this make the dangerous prayer list? Well, there probably are people who would love for God to speak to them. But are you ready to hear what he has to say? That's the dangerous side of it, right? Are you really prepared to hear what God has to say to you? Right? I I think it would be, like we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 3. We we looked when Samuel, a young boy um, in the temple, um, was hearing the voice of God. And finally it gets down and Samuel says, Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. I mean, we would walk away from that experience and they're going, that's awesome. Like he heard the audible voice of God. How incredible is that? Like, oh, I wish I want that experience. But are you really ready to hear what he has to say to you? That's what makes it a dangerous prayer. And now what makes it even more dangerous is, yes, I heard what he has to say. Am I being obedient now in what he told me? That's what makes it dangerous. So I don't want to just sit there and be like, oh, what a great experience. Like I heard, I heard God speak, which is awesome. You've got to be ready to hear what he has to say. That so, makes it dangerous. But now do you, do you think, I mean, because that's, and I've, I've, had, I've had conversations with the people that kind of have this viewpoint, right, that anytime God asks you to do something or anytime God communicates with you, it's going to be because he wants you to do something unpleasant or uncomfortable or, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the joke uh, and, and it's, it's like a half joke in church world. <clears throat> you know, like, never tell God you'll never do something, or that's what he's going to have you do. Kind of like yeah. this idea that, like, God is just sitting there waiting to torture us with, like, our worst fears. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, mean, I mean, in the same way, do you think it's something that, like, it's dangerous to pray, Lord, speak to me, because God is always going to tell us something difficult? Or, I don't know, what do you think? No, it's not necessarily that he's always going to tell you something difficult difficult. Um, many times he will tell you something difficult. Um, you just got to have the posture, be ready to hear whatever he does have to say, whether it is difficult or whether it's, hey, um, I just need you to go to your neighbor right now, which 
I mean, I guess to some that may that may be difficult, but for others, you extroverts out there, you're like, sweet, that's easy, right? But um, yeah, it's not always difficult, but it can be. So you got to be prepared to hear whatever God has to say to you, and if it's conviction where He's going to show you something, um, like I said on Sunday morning, God's not going to act out of His character. He will convict you in love. Um, Are you ready for that? That's difficult. But at the same time, it may be, hey, go pray for this person. Hey, no problem. God, I heard you. Thank you. That is not difficult for me to go and do. So, no, not always. But you have to be prepared to hear the difficult and hear the easy, I guess. So you can't have selective hearing. (laughs) But I think sometimes we do, right? I want to hear all of the good things. I want to hear all the... The blessings. Because you see in scripture, you know, I mean, yeah. blessings or, you know, kind of the assurance that, you know, God is with, you know, and he'll, he'll call somebody to do something. And he says, hey, don't worry about it. Like, I'm with you in this. Like, right. we like the I'm with you in this. You know, and, we, and we hear that part, but we maybe don't want to hear the part that says before that, oh, well, he's, he's with us in doing something difficult. Yeah, right. No, you're absolutely right. Selective hearing. Don't have selective hearing, those of you that are listening or watching. But it's hard not to because we, we just don't like anything difficult in general, right? We're people of comfort. I, I don't want to necessarily go out and do difficult things um, unless it has high reward, at least for me and my personality, right? Um, but for most of us, we, we, we love comfort. We love luxury. We don't like the hard, difficult stuff. We don't like the breakings. We don't like difficulty. Just keep it smooth sailing. It's easier that way. Life is easier that way if we just kept it smooth sailing. <laughs> And a lot of things, you know, you said, you talked about the rewards. You know, we'll do something difficult if there's a reward. Uh, and the one of the tricky parts with anything kingdom of God related is a lot of the reward is deferred. Like, we, we might never actually see this reward until we're on the other side of eternity. Absolutely. You know, and, and well, that, I think that giving you inside knowledge into, like, <laughs> pastoral world, I think that's sometimes what makes ministry difficult is... Um, we don't necessarily see the fruit of the ministry right away or, or in our daily job in the sitting in the office, like you can walk and have a hard day in the office, but look at the end and be like, well, did that marriage really get redeemed? Like, I, I don't know where, um, if you're a factory worker, you can see this little widget come out and you see what you've produced. If I go mow a lawn, I see what I did. There's the result. And it's not all the time in ministry and in our jobs and in the office all the time. We don't always get to see it right away. Maybe that's why I love like painting and mowing because I see the finished. Yeah. I see the finished product right there. Oh, that's what I did. I see it. Huh? Which I haven't mowed lately. It's pretty dry out there. (laughs) It is. It's I'm looking out the front windows of the lawn. It's a little Brown. Yeah, Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, I've had conversations with people over the years. And, and these are people that truly desire to hear the voice of God. And they say, like, I just, I want God to speak to me, but God isn't speaking to me. And my, my first response is usually to ask them, well, what would it look like if God spoke to you? You know, you, you know it, like, like how, how would you know if God was speaking to you? Because a lot of us come to the table with, with some assumptions or, or preconceived ideas I mean, maybe it's based on scripture. Maybe it's based on I don't know, but we come to these the, come to the table with these ideas of what it would look like for God to speak to us. And if He doesn't speak to us in the method we are expecting, we miss it. 
Yeah. So the question today is, what are some of, and you hit on this a little bit in your message, yep. but what are some of the ways that God speaks to us? Yeah, first and foremost, I think the language we use all the time when we're like, oh, um, God speak to me, that prayer is, I think our default may be, I'm going to hear the audible voice of God. Not everyone will hear the audible voice of God. So there are other ways that God speaks to us. And I think we have to understand that mindset. We have to just constantly get out of the mindset of, I'm going to hear the audible voice of God all the time. That's not always the case. But there are other ways that God can speak to us. And and one is, um, which we have, and I think it's, I would would come under the assumption, under the conviction that this is his number one primary way, is we have his word. We have scripture. We have the Bible. That is, to me, um, the... Number one way is we read, get into his word every day. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Um, it's, it's there. It's right there. We have his word. He will speak. And that's why we push here, at least at Radiant Life, and many times, I mean, I think it almost feels like we're beating this thing heavy, <laughs> but we are really, really been pushing like quiet times, uh, getting alone with God getting into his word. What is he saying to me? You know, one of the methods that I use after during my quiet times as I'm reading is, um, wh- what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What am, I, what am I going to do about it as I read his word? And so uh, the primary word, we have his word. Like literally, it's called the word, his word. We have it right there. Um, another way is like through people, right? Um, I gave that example on Sunday. But God uses people, at least for me, and probably, I mean, Josh, you may speak into this. Like, God has used people so many times to answer a prayer. Like, that's exactly what I needed. Like, thank you, God. And, and I've shared this with the least staff. Like, I've walked away literally on a Sunday morning, walked away like, I completely bombed that thing. And I, we started this podcast. We are our own worst critic. I will leave, go home, and beat the living tar out of myself. I'm horrible at that. I, I will do that. And then at the right time, um, I just like, God, I'm sorry, man. What could I have done? And then boom, boom, messages come in to me. Boom, boom. And I'm like, okay, God, you're good. Like, thank you. You are, you are reminding me. You are speaking to me of, Ryan, you, you did not fail. This is how it impacted. And I get these messages, like three in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Like, whew, out of the blue, nowhere. So God can use people to speak to us. Circumstances, he uses circumstances. He uses um, uh, his Holy Spirit inside of us. We have the presence of God in us. So he uses those. And you know what? Here's a, here's a big way. You got to get planted in a church somewhere, though. You got to get planted. Be around believers. Get around godly counsel that can speak to you also. And God can use those, those things. There's a book called uh, Whispers oh, yeah. by Mark Batterson. He goes into, I think, seven different ways Six or seven. Um, that God whispers to us. I mean, the idea of whisper is God's small, still small, just that small whisper, that small voice. Um, and he goes on. There's seven ways that Mark Batterson unpacks that God speaks to us. And um, I don't remember all, all seven, but um, it's a good book. It's a really good book. You should get it, read it. But there's just several ways outside of the audible voice of God that he speaks to us. Yeah, I mean, and that's... You know, it's it's interesting because you, you say a lot of people probably expect that audible voice of God, but that is 
that is probably pretty rare. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, most of the people that I know that follow Jesus, I would say 90% of them, 95% of them will say, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Yeah. So we're just, we're just all expecting the wrong things. <laughs> we are. And, and I love this statement. Here's a statement. This is a one-liner. If you want the right fruit, you've got to get in the right envir- environment. You want to hear from God, the fruit of hearing from God, you have to get in the right environment. Get into his word. Get around godly people who can give you wise counsel. Get in a church. Get into a life group. Get all that stuff. Get in the right environment to prepare your heart to hear from him. We can't go around in a busyness of life sitting there going, I'm just, I'm just not hearing from God. I'm just waiting for that audible voice. His word is sitting probably on your nightstand or your coffee table. Get into that booger. And the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you, and he's going to speak to you. Yeah. But, and, and, but I think you have, to take, you have to take them all kind of together. You know, because there's, I mean, in, in, there's not a whole lot we can do, you know, with, with COVID being digital only. <clears throat> However, you know, there are people that, I actually just had a conversation yesterday with somebody about how important it is to get plugged into a local church. Mm. Right, I mean, they they do like an online church, like yeah. I mean, that's that's you know, it's in a different state. Yeah, you know, they they do this online church, and it says no. Yes, and you really have to get plugged into a local church because you have that community. You have there are checks and balances. There are you know all these different things mm-hmm. uh, that you get when you're in that environment that you mm-hmm. that you probably are not. I mean, maybe somebody is knocking it out of the park, and they've created effective community <laughs> uh, online. But for the I most mean, part, you cannot getting, getting plugged into a local church is a, a pretty important. God lives in constant community, right? You have the Trinity, um, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. It's three in one. It's the Trinity, constant community. We are built for community. You got to get plugged into a local church. You got to get plugged into a body of believers, which is awesome to have online church. Like, don't get me wrong, but you're, you're absolutely right. You can't sit there and be like, oh, I go to church. Well, where do you go to church? I go to a church in California. You live in Michigan. You don't go to a church in California. Like, you may watch it, which is awesome. You may be growing. You got to get plugged into a community because alone, man, you know, that one little zebra all alone out there, that lion's prowling. Like, I mean, but when you're in a herd, a pack of them, dude, you can protect one another. You're, you're a single target for the enemy. You're going solo. You got to get in community. I'm curious, what do you, you know, because you've got like herds and flocks and like, what do you call a group of zebras? I'm going to guess herd because, I don't know, what do you call a group of horses? A herd? I don't know. I don't know. Someone's going to correct us on this. I'm sure if if Chris is listening to this, she does horses, right? She does. Chris G. There you go. Chris G., if you're listening to this, what do you call a group of horses? You'll have to let us know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I have no idea. We butchered that. Yeah, we're totally, totally going off the rails here. Um, and and we've hit on this a little bit, but just I want you to unpack a little bit more. <laughs> how do we vet? And I think we've covered this in other episodes as well. But like, how do we vet when we think we've heard God speak to us? You know, how do we tease out? Oh, is this Holy Spirit? Is this just my own thoughts? Uh, or is this is this the devil? You know, like you know, the series before this, we did you know, the whole series on spiritual warfare. Yeah. Like, how do we tease out? Yeah. What 
what voice we're hearing. And this is why I love the podcast because I did not have time in the message to go down that rabbit trail also. And this podcast allows that. That's what I love about the podcast is it allows us to go a little deeper than what we could unpack on a Sunday morning. But First um, John 4, 1 reads this way. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Okay, so how do we do that? Got a couple questions. So here it goes. Number one, got to ask yourself, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? God will never contradict himself. Contradict himself. Does it line up with the Bible? Number two, will it make me more like Christ? It's a great question. Will it make me more like Jesus? Um, <clears throat> example, I've had people come into my office and sit there and go, I think... I'm going to get a divorce. Now, I'm not picking on divorcees here. Just hear this example out, so please don't tune me out right now. There is biblical grounds for divorce. There are also biblical grounds for redemption in a marriage also. So when people come in, I think God's telling me to get a divorce. Okay, let's unpack this. Has there anything been unbiblical in this marriage? No. But God's telling you that you ought to divorce. I think so. And you boil it down as you're just, you think this relationship's making you unhappy, but you have no biblical grounds for divorce. You aren't hearing from God. That's contradicting God's word because God hates divorce. But there are outs for divorce, biblical grounds for it. Which doesn't necessarily mean that that's the ideal. <laughs> right. Again, but, that's why I said that there's also biblical grounds for redemption in every marriage, in restoration. Um, type things. So that's what I mean by it, it, you can, it will not contradict what God has to say. Okay. Um, ask the question. Sorry, that was a backup. Ask the question, will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? Um, number three, uh, does godly counsel agree? So that's why I said community is huge. We got to get around other believers that can help us and give us advice. I will give you uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen. Excuse me. The way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So what is it, what are they saying? Um, what is godly counsel telling me in this moment? And uh, here's the fourth one I, I often say is, do I have peace? First uh, Corinthians 14.33 says this, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Everyone knows this. If you listen and you're a follower of Jesus, you probably know Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So those four questions I asked. Number one, does it line up with the Bible? It cannot contradict the Bible. Number two, will it make me more like Jesus? Number three, does godly counsel agree? And number four, do I have peace? So let me give you, as we, as we sum that whole thing up, let me give you an illustration. Um, I, I didn't want to come to Sturgis. Many of you listeners, you already knew that. Like, this is my hometown. I didn't want to come back. But I felt something. My wife and I felt something deep inside of our gut. Like, man. So we started to seek, okay, is this from God or not? So our process was we were really feeling deep inside this Holy Spirit tug that we're to come back to Sturgis. 
and we started to seek some godly counsel here and there. What are you guys thinking? Because at first, when people said, uh, you're going back to your hometown, a prophet's not welcomed in their own hometown, you know? like That's, that's biblical right okay. there. So they're even bringing the Bible to <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like, I get it. Jesus had that experience, you know, there in Nazareth. Like, all right. Um, but we started seeking godly counsel. And one of the things that constantly said um, to us was, uh, Ryan, we knew you never wanted to go back. But we see something's tugging you. And so the more I kept hearing that from people, I was like, but is that tugging? It's not me. It's not my flesh because I don't want to come. Is that Holy Spirit? And more people saw it. And uh, I remember one of my last conversations with a godly man, he literally turned and says, you have to go. It's setting up. You have to go. And that was it. And um, my wife and I had absolute peace about coming. And uh, here we are five years later. But there are steps to hear from God, God's tugging, God's little Holy Spirit moments of getting our attention that we can use your your question, the vetting process. Am I really, right? Test the spirit, see if it really is from God or not. Those are some of the vetting processes you can ask yourself. Which, Alan, I want to dig a little bit deeper into two of those things. I mean, so, so you just talked about uh, the godly counsel one. Uh, and I, I think it's really key, you know, because you read that Proverbs where it says, hey, you know, it's good to get advice. Yep. But it's it's super, super important that the people you go to, and you said it, are godly, right? Like you want to make sure that the people that you are going to are people that have a a solid, healthy connection uh, with Holy Spirit. It's like uh, I was doing uh, premarital with a couple and, and we were talking about just who, Hey, down the road, like as you navigate things, like make sure you go to people who are, are in a, in a, a good place. Like if, if, if you're, if you're having difficulty, you know, in your, in your marriage, don't go to the guy who's been divorced three times yeah. for advice, you know, because, because he, apparently he hasn't figured it out yet, you know. So that I mean, hold so. on, that's a true thing that literally happens. I know you're right, and and it feels like we're picking on marriages this episode. We're, we're not. Those are just examples that are coming to our head. Where it is like, should I get a divorce? Why are you hanging out with three people? Your, your three best friends are people who have all been divorced, and that's the only advice you're getting. Yeah. What kind of advice do you think they're going to tell you? Yeah. Right? Not that they're not godly, but they're also going to speak from their experience that may have not been godly to get a divorce in the first place, and they're not superly close to following Jesus right now. And it's hard to get advice from family because family is also very biased towards you. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, this is a godly counsel. Godly. Especially, please hear me. And I think you would say this too. If you're having marriage issues, um, seek those who have a very firm grasp or what we perceive as a strong biblical marriage. Seek their advice oh. because they have something that's working. Yes. Maybe you haven't tried yet. It needs to be there. Good point. That's good. Godly, so, godly counsel. So, and then the other thing that I want to talk about is, is the last one where you talk about peace. Uh, because I, I think sometimes, in, and I, I'll speak from my own my own personal experience. I remember there have been times where you know everyone says, "Oh, well, like, well, you know, this is from God if you have if you have a peace about it." And and there have been times in my life where I thought, "Oh, well, that if I have peace about it, that means 
I won't be nervous. I won't be, you know, but like we talked about, there are times where God calls us to things that are, that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I don't think that having peace about it necessarily means that it all of a sudden becomes comfortable. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? Because I, I just you so. unpack it. You're the one that brought it up. <laughs> well, I just I mean because I mean, but when you when you say when you say you'll have a peace, no, that doesn't that? mean you don't worry. Right. Like, uh oh. But here's for example, we are here on a Monday morning recording this podcast, and for here in Sturgis, our school system starts today. My son has absolute peace of going to school, but he was like, Dad, I'm a little like, you know, like, but he didn't say the words, but he was a little anxious. But he has all peace going in there. Like he's, I know my son will rock it. I just know it. He is so good. But it was like that nerves of the first day of school. But he has absolute peace of going type thing. It, I mean, it seems like a paradox. <laughs> but <laughs> That one's for you, kidsy. Um, you know, he, he does. So like, like for, uh, okay, for instance, for Katie and I to move to Sturgis, we had peace. But I was, I, there was an anxious nervousness of I've never been a lead pastor before. What am I getting into? But I know the pieces, this is God's will for us. I just need to step into it fully. But in the back of my mind, I'm a little anxious because I've never led before. What is that? Um, I am from Sturgis. This was my church I grew up in. You know, there is that little nervousness, I guess, so to speak, but I had absolute peace that this was God's will. And that's where in, uh, maybe it was when we did, uh, when we did the, the the shoes of peace in the armor of God, but I mean, because we've talked about peace before, yeah, you know, and the idea that peace in a, in a biblical sense is not the absence of chaos, right, or the absence of conflict. It's it's the understanding that even in the midst of chaos, God is there. So you yes. just, you still might have some of the residual like effects of the chaos, right? But you have peace, absolutely. So I just want as people are thinking, oh, like, well, I'm still nervous about this thing. It must not be from God. And that, sure. that's, that's not the, no, because you could, you could, if you have never shared your faith before, right? Say that you've never shared who Jesus Christ is with someone. First and foremost, stop right there. You should always, you've got the greatest news ever. You should have shared with Jesus, someone, you should have shared Jesus with someone in your life. You should not go to the grave saying, I never shared who Jesus Christ was with anyone. That would be the saddest follower of Jesus to ever. We got to. But you can be like, oh my gosh, I, I've spoken. I feel this. I feel Holy Spirit inside me. He's tugging me. I got to go share who Jesus is with my coworker. Oh man, I know you're going to be with me, God, but I'm, man, I'm scared, man. I, but I know I'm supposed to do this, but I'm scared. Like it's those moments, like, but I'm still called to do that thing. I still got to step into that. I don't know what was your question. I don't know why I went there, but I did. That's all right. That's all right. So uh, to wrap it up, I mean, and and if you haven't, uh, those of you that are listening or watching, uh, if you haven't listened to this message yet, I want to encourage you to go there, the radiantlife.church slash media. You can listen to this or you can watch it. It's on video on our media page as well. Um, But you talked about this idea uh, that to, to really hear God when he speaks to us, we have to turn down the volume of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you talked a lot about you know, this idea of being still, um, like un, just in in really practical terms, right? Because now people are saying, okay, now I have some ways to to vet whether or not this is God. I have I, I have some of this information. Um, 
I'm ready. What do I do next? And you're saying, hey, turn down the volume. Super practically speaking, what does that look like? How do I, how do I turn down the volume? Because, I mean, we live in a busy, noisy mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Like, what are, what are just, I don't know, two or three things that, that John Smith, who's listening to this right now, could do to turn down the volume in the world? So there is noise and chaos everywhere, but we don't have to be a part of it. So we have to understand that. Uh, it feels like just because it's everywhere, so we're a part of the noise and the chaos. I would say... My number one go-to would be this. Give the first 15 minutes of the morning to God. Be still in the first 15 minutes, at least 15 minutes. For me, honestly, where I'm at now, it's, a, it's my first hour of the morning. It's just me and God. Um, am I reading for the whole hour? Nope. I am reading for some of it. I am journaling. I am writing a prayer. I have prayer time. I, have, I, I literally crank up worship music and I realized my right ear has been giving me trouble that's because my speaker is on my right side and I blare that baby you might need to turn that volume down a little bit (laughs) so the first I would say the most easy practical away from the noise is start your day give at least the first 15 minutes to God Um, another practical um, thing to do and this is going to be hard but it's practicable practicable practical what is that practical thank you is just say no to things we're over, over, we're over calendared. Mm. <laughs> I just made that up, but we're over calendared. I'm just joshing you. Um, <laughs> so we, we need to learn the power of no. And there are good no's. You have to s- learn to say no to good things and keep your yeses for great things. Mm. And there's a difference there. Um, here's another thing. Slow down your pace. And what I mean by that is your walking pace. Just slow it down. Even for me, um, what God's been teaching me in the last several months is on Sunday morning, right? Let's just be honest. As pastors, we're, we're crazy busy. Um, so it's, it's a weird dichotomy that we have on Sunday morning as pastors because we're crazy busy. This is our, if you will, our one big day, right? Let's just call it what it is. But yet it's the one big day also to see people and interact with people. But your mind is like, dude, I've got this and that. I got to be over here and now I'm on stage. And, do, you know, it's, so it's, it's very difficult. God's been telling me to slow down your pace. Literally, walk through the lobby slower. Slow down. So maybe one way just to, even in the midst of it is slow down your pace at work. Walk slower. Walk slower through the grocery store. Drive slower. <laughs> Or just just drive the speed limit. I mean, you can just drive the what speed does that limit, look like? and that'd be all right. Yeah, to just slow down life. I was outside my house this weekend, and um, I saw an Amish horse and horse and buggy go by. And then, of course, there's cars just zooming by, right? And I thought to myself, that's an extremely slow pace of life. But what could we learn from that? As I'm working my tail off on my yard, you know, like, wow, how much more time would we have not only with God, but honestly with each other, just getting caught up on things. So you're going to sell your car and get a buggy? No, I am not. <laughs> I just, just was I'm just wondering. where that was going. I'm just curious. <laughs> what could we learn from that? Just that 
slowing down. So, so I want to do a plug here. I mean, you referenced this in your message yesterday, the book, the ruthless, the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, if you're really wrestling and you, and you know, your life is too busy, uh, and you're open to having your mind blown, uh, John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Eliminate. You can't say that fast. It, yeah, it's a fun title. You, you have the to slow down oh, just to say huh. it. Huh. <laughs> Being really practical right now. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, and one of the things he actually talks about there, because he talks about this idea of slowing down, is when you go to the grocery store, find the longest line and get in the back of it. Oh, my gosh, dude. That gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> thinking about it. But I was challenged. It forces there have you been times to slow where down. I've done that. You know, you don't don't do like the self checkout. Like, don't find the shortest line. You find the longest line, and then you just wait patiently. Oh man! So there's uh, there's today's challenge. But also, uh, just yeah. grab that book. They've got it on Amazon. I'm sure you can yeah. find that in you know all kinds of. I think books. it's a little pricey for a book because it's a hardcover book. They don't have a soft. Yeah. Uh, just no. You'll you'll spend probably twenty bucks or fifteen twenty bucks on it, but it's worth it. Like. Like I said in my message, like I even told the audience that was in the room, like you're not writing this down. You need to write this book down. You got to buy this book yeah. and read it. And I'm sure. And if you're not a reader, uh, you can get it on audiobook. One of our colleagues is an audiobook uh, fanatic, and I know they did it uh, via that method. So yeah. But uh, all right. Anything else you want to add as we close out this episode on the prayer? Speak to me. No, I just it's just let's let's slow down. I, I mean, if we're going to hear from God, we got to get at God's pace. And I think we just got to slow down a little more. And we're, we're human doings, and we need to practice more being human beings. So, just which is be. so crazy that you bring that up. I was just reading, and this was not like a spiritual book at all. There's a, one of my favorite all-time book series is uh, The Earth Sea books by Ursula K. Le Guin. And, and there was a line in there this morning that I read it and I read it again and then I read it again. And it's this idea. So, I mean, mm. I, I'm super geeking out here a little bit, right? But there's this, there's this wizard character right? and he's, he's speaking to a, to a young man and he, and he's talking about this idea of doing or being and how every time we do, we are bound to that act and that feeds. Uh, it's great. I wish I had brought the book along. I would read it, Like I want to use that, Lying in a message somewhere. So uh, perhaps Scott fantastic. is using this moment to speak into you. That's right. Well, because I, I know I need to slow down. <laughs> I know I need to slow down. But uh, yeah, John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you use social media, go ahead and share this, especially if uh, you uh, take this in via the video route. You go ahead and share that link on your Facebook page. We would love it. Why? Because this just gives more people access to the things that we're talking about. And and I don't think we're being arrogant, but I think it's it's something good that we're bringing to the table here, just being able to dive deeper into God's Word, dive deeper into what it looks like to actually apply some of these things uh, to our lives. So, again, rate, review, subscribe, share, uh, all those good things. But thank you for joining us, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love. 
with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.